podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Today, you are going to hear an interview with the most charismatic man in entertainment. It's Percy Brown, the actor who hosts the Prince of Fresh Air podcast. It's certainly not the Sherpa. I'm sure you realize that the last part didn't shock anyone. Attention, rebels of the Sherpolution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa chalet. As a reminder, since the Sherpa is a man of questionable taste, many of the foods sold in our cafeteria will be also... Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, here's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hello there, Rebels of the Sherpa Lucian. This is Jim, the podcast Sherpa, and you are listening to Too Many Podcasts. It is the podcast about podcasts and so much more. And my guest is a little bit of both, I guess. It's a podcaster and so much more. Uh, we got to get to know him. He calls himself the most charismatic man in entertainment, which is kind of weird because he's being interviewed by the least charismatic man in entertainment. What were the odds of that happening? I don't know. His name is Percy Brown. He is an actor originally from NYC, now living on the left coast, as they call it, working on some stuff. And man... I think he's going to bring back big hair. We're going to talk about his hair and about his career as well. And stick around after that interview because we've got a podcast potpourri <laughs> without the smell. It's a whole mess of podcasts I've been sampling for Sherpa samples that are right off the podcast charts. Something for everybody in there, I hope so. But have a listen first to my interview with Mr. No Days Off. Mr. Percy Brown of the Prince of Fresh Air podcast. Hello there, Rebels. My guest today has been entertaining since he was 14 years old, and he calls himself the most charismatic man in entertainment. He's got a podcast, and it's called the Prince of the Prince. <laughs> he's got a <laughs> podcast, and it's called the Prince of Fresh Air, and he's coming to us from the other coast of Podcastia, and his name is Mr. No Days Off, Percy Brown. Percy, welcome to the show. Perfect introduction. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. See, I, I was kind of shocked when I saw you on camera. You know, we're doing this on Zoom, folks, and your photographs usually have you with really huge hair. Oh, yeah. So the story behind that. So uh, like I, I was mentioned to you off camera, um, I literally was in New York for the film I was doing. I had my hair out. I usually have my hair out. That's my signature look. But what Tuesday, when I got the call back for the, the commercial thing, I braided my hair just because, you know, the girlfriend wanted to see me in it. And I just wanted a break from having to mess with it too much. 
And so I'm actually going to be taking it out in a couple of days. So I'll be back to my wild hair. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, how do you keep that kind of hairstyle? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's actually not as much work as people think. It's um, for me. I have a, I have my routine. I have all my my uh, shampoo stuff in one area. I have all my hair care products. So I normally I don't really do too much. I just uh, when I'm out, I take it out. When I'm home, I keep it tied up. And uh, I, I just do it that way. <laughs> it's almost like it's a hairstyle that kind of deserves its own name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the most charismatic hairstyle of all time. <laughs> there you go. I like it. We got to come up with some really nice little uh, acronym for it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, you, so you got started in performing and acting when you were 14. You went to a school for this. Yes, I started. So born and raised in New York City, lived there all my life, uh, only been out in L.A. for two years. But um, I started uh, acting ninth grade. I went to Urban Assembly School for Performing Arts up in uh, Upper West Side of Manhattan. And um, I got to work with Epic Theater Ensemble. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a non-for-profit organization, uh, theater organization. Okay. And they bring in Broadway stars, uh, kind of famous actors or just working actors. And they bring them into certain high schools who do performance, uh, performing arts. And uh, they teach you about script reading, uh, acting, you know, scene dialogue and, you know, monologue training. So they teach you a lot about acting and what it takes to, you know, go through a script and perform. And so I started with them and uh, I, we did a lot of Shakespeare plays. They did a lot of Shakespeare for, with my school. So uh, I was theater trained. I was a theater major uh, throughout those four years. And uh, I got to do about five um Shakespeare plays with them off Broadway, some in school, but most of the time it was at a public venue in lower Manhattan somewhere. So people could buy tickets. And it was a, a really cool experience. I got to meet a lot of, uh, you know, people working in the industry. Uh, I got to meet people while I was, since it was off Broadway, I got to meet some directors, casting directors. Um, and I also did some training at uh, New York film Academy while I was in high school too. So uh, part of my school was uh, you can apply for uh, a grant or a scholarship to train at another school for the summer. So I did that. So I ended up doing that to do more theater, uh, to do more film and TV work. Um, and then after I graduated from Urban Assembly, I went to St. Bonaventure University upstate, did another four years of acting. Uh, but this time around, I did mostly stage and I also started transitioning uh, TV and film. Because that's where the real money is. To, let's just cut it and be honest where, you know, uh, unless you're doing Broadway, TV and film is where the money is. So uh, I did that for four years. I competed at a, a, a national festival that you have to qualify for. Um, and I ended up winning a role after doing um, Henry the Six. Um, I got nominated for that. And then after graduating 2018, I've just been acting since. I have an agent now. Uh, I do a, I do other things outside of acting now, but it's been a, a long journey of success, down uh, downhill falls, uh, tears, and, and everything. But it's been a road that I, I wouldn't trade for anything else. Right. And you've done some indie movies like uh, The Incoherence and uh, Except for Paul. Yeah. So while I was in college, that's when I, like I mentioned I started uh, branching out to TV and film. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was during my summer breaks. Um, after doing uh, theater for so many years, I wanted to really try my hand at TV and film. And so 
part of the process for me was during the summers, I had a private acting coach in the city. So, you know, it was easy for me, you know, not having to pay rent, you know, staying with friends and family. I had a lot of time on my hands during the summer. So I did the private training, uh, private coaching for TV and film. I'm trying to learn that aspect of acting. And then my first role actually wasn't the incoherence. It was uh, a small, uh, small scale project that never really went anywhere. Um, that was my first acting role in TV and film. And it was sure I was a bartender. The incoherence ended up coming towards the, the later end before my sophomore year of college. And that was like my first time actually getting a speaking role, uh, being a big part of the cast, getting an IMDB credit, which is very important as an actor for us. And um, ever since the incoherence, I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, student films just to keep the time going, but mostly feature films. Except the call was one of my biggest ones up to this point. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a very interesting world. It's, I had to really learn the different acting styles and it's definitely not as easy as I thought it would be. Definitely always a challenge. And, and you actually broke the big news to me that you got a role in a, in an upcoming movie for the screening services. Actors has been in my blood. I, it's something everybody who knows me knows. I'm an actor first. I, you know, whether you see me on YouTube, uh, I'll talk about that shortly. Um, from, you know, the videos I do or whatever the case may be. Acting has always been my priority. So over the last two years, um, when I came to LA, the pandemic happened. And my first step moving here, I got the agent, I got everything. It was to, I wanted to start going out for movies and stuff like that. And uh, it's a different process when you get to a certain, at this level where I'm at, it, is, it takes a little more experience, you know, having the right, you know, tools and stuff. So what I started to do was uh, I went back to the old roots, doing smaller projects just to keep myself busy, keeping my tools sharp. And it just got to the point where, you know, nothing was working. I'll be honest, it's, it's the journey of an actor. I was getting a lot of auditions and auditions and auditions and nothing was working. You know, I always felt like, uh, is this the moment my agent's going to drop me? Is this the moment where... You know, maybe I have to, you know, reevaluate my career path. Maybe I should just go for reality TV and get a get my name out there even more and then get back into acting. So I had to really find out what I really want. And so all the stars aligned. So this project ended up happening. The cast has started in December. The incoherence, one of the lead actresses, she actually emailed, uh, texted me and she was like, uh, I have a director. Uh, friend who's casting for this new upcoming feature film that they want to, you know, really take out there and really want to start get casting and working on the script and stuff. And I think you'd be a really good fit. So she gave me in contact with the director about it and casting went a couple months. And um, what ended up happening, which was pretty cool, I auditioned for the lead character. Now, as you said, I have crazy hair. So I, I get typecast a lot. It's not, I'm not going off corporate lawyers. You know, that's not, that's, <laughs> it's not exactly what my branding is for. Um, so the director ended up writing a part for me in the movie. So uh, that came pretty cool. So he ended up uh, just making a whole character for myself. Um, and so we started filming mid April. So I've been in New York city for two months uh, filming. I only filmed for about two weeks, uh, including script rehearsals and uh, rehearsals on set and stuff like that. And uh, it was probably 
my biggest film up to this point. It was, uh, I had the whole wardrobe, the whole makeup team. I had, uh, you know, everything from the sound. It, it was one of the most professional things I, I got to do. And uh, it, it was a really cool experience just to get back into the groove of acting. And it became so easy for me to, um, to really emerge myself into the character. And I just love acting. I don't really care about how small the project is or how big it is. I just want to be on camera. I want to be a big part of a, a film or, you know, show. And this really came, you know, uh, just because of hard work and my, and my confidence in myself. You started doing Shakespearean plays. Now, considering you've got to memorize that kind of uh, middle English dialogue and then, you know, and then you're doing regular movies after that. It, that must have really been like uh, definitely a load coming off your shoulders. Saying, like, <laughs> oh, "Yes, this is something I might say." Not would thou if like a martini? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's you know, a lot of people always ask me how easy it is to memorize lines, and I always say, the more you do it, the better you get. And so, for you know, like I said, there was a brief two years where nothing was panning out for me, so. I, what I started doing was I take, uh, I've learned to appreciate every part of the casting process. So even for me, um, a lot of times, uh, people don't memorize sides or lines for commercials. Some people do, you know, they try to, you know, be professional. What I started doing was that or during my downtime, um, I started watching a lot of footage and dissecting the, the, the acting. So I would rewatch movies, get the enjoyment first, and then I'll watch how they act on camera, the little subtle movements, see how they do things. And then I started to actually memorize lines for auditions and stuff as best as I could. So I kept my memory sharp. So it's definitely different uh, with TV, uh, with movies and uh, theater. Memorization is completely different. Uh, with theater, you usually get a couple of weeks to get off book and memorize your lines. And uh, you get a lot of ample time of rehearsals. You have that benefit of having that time to kind of memorize it, but you also have a time frame to actually memorize it. So you can, you know, wait until the week before we, the show goes up to be off book. You have to be off book, you know, well before then. Um, now with TV and film, uh, I could speak mostly to film because, you know, I haven't done TV too much yet. Uh, with film, you usually get the the scenes uh, usually a couple of days or the night before. So then, uh, what I normally do is, depending on how big my part is, I'll uh, I'll try to just memorize the lines with no motion. Don't put my character to it yet. I'll just try to memorize it. And usually, this script changes the night before or the day of. Um, when you're on set. So I leave myself open to being able to, all right, the director comes up to me and say, hey, uh, there's a line change in this scene. So we're going to have you, instead of saying this line, we're going to change it to this line. So you always have to be constantly prepared in TV and film for the script changes. Um, so whereas theater is usually more cut and a lot more lines, you, you know, you get that. But film is more so you try to know what you're saying for the most part and be open and ready for when the script changes, you have a new line, you have a, a, a you know, a variation of a line coming out, usually they upset. So uh, it's different technique. That's why I said it took me a long time to get the difference because it's completely two different mediums of, uh, of acting. When you were growing up and you were getting into this, did you, were there any actors 
that you admired more than most? I wouldn't say I admired any actors, but what got me into acting, you know, at my age, Disney Channel was pretty popular. So, uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Hannah Montana, Corey in the House, That's a Raven. Those shows were, you know, essential for me when I was in middle school and high school. Those are the shows I grew up on. So, mm-hmm. um, that was the, the, the way how I got into acting. And so I always, at that age, Dale and Nicole Sprouse, the leads of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, um, uh, you know, all the actors from the shows I mentioned, I definitely used them as a uh, as inspiration. Uh, Toby Maguire, I definitely got to give him credit. He's always been one of the guys I always appreciated. Um, Spider-Man movies, you know, everything, Sea Biscuit, all, all, all that good stuff. Uh, he's one of my favorites too. So um, I don't really look up to anyone at this point uh, in terms of acting, but I do have some that I'm like, Man, you know, if I could work with him, I would definitely like to. People like uh, Will Smith, there's a Washington, Chris Hemsworth, um, a couple other names in there. Uh, so, you know, my career path now, instead of Disney Channel, is I'm trying to be, a, you know, be in the Marvel or DC universe. I have the look, I have the charisma, I have the, the look, you know, I, I just got to be, I got to be a villain. I have to. <laughs> Are you listening, Marvel people? <laughs> Cast me. <laughs> Percy is putting it out there, folks. We got to get this out into the universe. And, and you're a big guy too. You're, you're like six, three. I'm yeah, I'm six, four uh, right now. I'm, I, I'm about 280-ish, but what's good for me is because of my height and the way I work out, I don't carry myself heavy. So uh, right now, since I was in uh, New York film and enjoying my time, I'm right now I'm dining down and getting myself back into, you know, tip-top shape that I want. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big guy. So it's funny. The director of the, the last feature film I just did, when he saw me in person, he was completely fat, flabbergasted. He was like, Wait, you this big? Like, cause we a lot of times we were we were doing Zoom or phone mm-hmm. call because he's in New York, I was in LA. And so when he actually saw me, he's like, Wow, you a big guy. And I was like, Yeah, I, I don't think Zoom actually gets my full height. So, you know, that, that's probably why. <laughs> now, how much bigger are you with the hair out? <laughs> oh man. I'm like six, seven feet tall with my hair out. <laughs> there you, there, I think you see you got a weapon there, Percy, you know? <laughs> you know, it, I you know, it, I told people because um, you know, some people get it, some people don't. And uh, a lot of times some people be like, yo, man, you know, why don't you cut your hair? You know, it's super long. And I tell them all the time, it's all about marketing. In this business and, you know, with my podcast and uh, I'll talk about Jubilee at some point, um, it's all about branding. You have to know what you're bringing to the table. When you go to these casting offices, when you're appearing in uh, uh, media stuff or when you're putting your face out there, you have to market yourself. You know, my podcast, me, my acting, it's all tied to a brand, which is why, you know, Percy, I go by Percy. I don't tell people my real name. Uh, it's why I call myself the most charismatic man in entertainment. Uh, you know, it's part of the brand that I bring to the table. And I think a lot of people, actors or people in, in, in media in general or entertainment, I should say, rather, they forget to understand what is your brand? What is your marketability? What are you looking for? What are you trying to get people to see? So I'm not advertising 
the Superman. I, I'm trying to be the hero that saves the little kids. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but my brand is the guy that, you know, will come into the scene, steal your girlfriend, or I'm the guy who's going to give the hero uh, some some trouble. So th- that's kind of what I'm looking at is that's my brand. The most charismatic man in entertainment. And that's what I'm sticking with. So, so the podcast is really just an extension of that. And that's why you put, that's why you started podcasting. Yeah. So I started podcasting. Um, it all started with the pandemic. I'm sure for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, it was when I first moved to LA, it was, uh, you know, I got the agent and everything, but I started getting into the groove of just going to work, waiting for the next audition, going to work, waiting to, for the next audition. And I started losing a purpose. I started losing my identity. So during the pandemic, when I had a lot of time on my hands, I said, you know what? I have to make something for myself. And it started with Jubilee, um, Jubilee Media. Uh, for people who don't know who they are, they're a big YouTube channel out here. Um, and they, they're they big on social media as well, but they've really focused on YouTube, you know, 8 million subscribers and thousands, uh, millions on Facebook and Instagram. And I started working with them uh, early of 2020. And when the pandemic hit, I was thinking about my experience on that, sh- on, on that show or YouTube series rather. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should do something for myself. Instead of just waiting for the next audition, waiting for the next opportunity, I could just make my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided podcast because I have a good voice. I have great personality. Uh, you know, very charming and charismatic, obviously. So <laughs> obviously, <yeah>. obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and you have the experiences to draw on as well. Exactly. So I had a lot of, uh, I have many years of being in front of people, performance and talking in front of people. So it, it was second nature. And people always told me, give it a try. You never know until you try it. So I literally one day, I think it was uh, like uh, May when it, when everybody was stuck at home, I just literally picked up the one little mic that I had. Me and my buddy hopped on uh, Anchor, which uh, I host my podcast on, and we recorded our first my first episode that way. And so it wasn't you know spectacular quality, but it was just the fact that I finally fr- finally got it started. And so now it's became something that you know, like they always say in show business. You never know what's going to happen. You never know until you try, until you put your stuff out there. And my podcast has grown to the point where if I didn't start it, who knows where I'd be, you know? So I think it's gave me a purpose in life outside of acting too. So not only when I get to act, I'm acting, but when I'm not acting, I have something that's mine, that's not tied to the next opportunity. I can do it on my own time. I can edit my own stuff. I have my own content creating ability. So, you know, now at this point in my life, being a young guy in my twenties, I have more options to make money, to get more exposure, um, to keep myself busy. And there's no better thing to do than podcasts, especially the kind of podcast I do. It's not the traditional, you know, sports or anything. We talk about a lot of controversial topics. Um, we talk about acting in some aspects, but I usually try to keep it in a way where it's, it's informal, it's very entertaining, but people can also learn from it. So that that's exactly what I'm what I'm uh, looking to do. Do you usually have a lot, of, a lot of guests on your show or like here here and there? You know, so when I first started, I was uh 
I so I signed up to a couple of different um, websites where people can reach out to you if they want to join your podcast mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I started doing that. And then it got to a point where when my podcast started growing, it became, you know, people are wasting my time. They keep flaking. They keep pushing back. They're not uh, responding to emails. And so once I got to the point where I don't need to beg anybody to do it anymore, I normally just, now I kind of sort of selected. So, you know, uh, I'll have Netflix uh, uh, actors who've been on Netflix, had their own shows, uh, influencers, regular nine to fivers, people I know who's going to have a story to tell, who's going to be very engaging because that's very important and have something that somebody can learn from. So now I'm at the point where um, outside of being at home uh, filming for two two months, I normally try to put out two to three episodes a month. And so um, I'm very selective on the kind of guests I bring because I value my time. And, you know, I'm sure people who enjoy listening, you know, don't want to keep going, you know, a month on end, like, you know, when's the next episode? You know, so uh, now I try to be a little more selective about the people I bring on. Having done all this, I mean, you really concentrated on you know presenting this brand of Percy Brown you know uh, like you said you, you've got very specific ideas of what you want to do in film and in and in podcasting do you think that there's anything else that you need to do to kind of blow it up you know so um mentioning Jubilee that's how I started realizing one thing I realized especially in this era it's not about talent anymore it's about people knowing who you are and being popular People have to know who you are nowadays. And like I always say, you know, for instance, Tom Holland, right? He won, he ended up even just auditioning for Spider-Man because he was popular on Instagram. He had a following. Granted, he had a million uh, followers at that point, but he was active. People in England knew who he was. He was getting his name out there, getting his face out there. So working with Jubilee has been a, a blessing for me because uh, not only the content uh, very... Um, important and we address a lot of controversial topics, society issues and stuff, but it, it, it broadcasts to a lot of different people. It appeals to a lot of people. So I've been working with them for since 2020. I did five episodes. Um, and the last episode I did with them, um, uh, was the one that went the most viral. The, the last two, I should say, last two went viral. Um, and a lot of, I've been getting outreach from people all the way from India to, to the UK, to, you know, to the middle of nowhere in the, the United States. And it's because I realized it's only so much I can do until, you know, nothing. I, I started realizing the more popular and the more I get my face out there, the easier and the more opportunities I get. And it's because of working with them so often and, you know, them being a big channel and get my face to worldwide audiences. The hair... People like it. You know, I'll be at work sometimes and like I, I just be in my own world and people be like, yo, man, I saw you that, that, that uh, YouTube video. I, I, wow, I'm surprised you work and man, you did such a good job, man. You inspired me or whatever the case, case may be. And so it became one of those things where it's like, you know, this is actually working. You know, I'll be walking down the street in LA or New York and someone will recognize me from the videos or uh, one of my friends would tell me their friends uh, was asking about me because they saw me in the video. So at this point, it's like, you know, 
the more popular I get, the better I get. So that's why I'm very, I take great pride in my brand. And now that I'm actually out there and I have my experience, now it's just a matter of just keep going, just keep getting my, my brand out there. And then everything becomes easier. And millions and millions will know you. And that moniker will be all over Mar- the Marquise. Exactly. <laughs> the most charismatic man. The most charismatic man in entertainment. <laughs> and, and, and some people don't understand it. They make fun of it. But like I said, when you have a brand and you know who you market into, it works every time. And a lot of I talk about this on my podcast all the time. Is is whether it's always people in the entertainment industry, who surprisingly, who don't understand the concept of branding. And I don't try to say that arrogantly. I try to tell people you have to know who you're marketing for. You have to know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. I am not Superman. I am not, you know, the 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 guy who is going to see the girl across the the uh you know across the restaurant and chase her throughout the whole movie. That's not who I am. That's not what I look like. And so I know who I am as a person. I know who I am as an actor. And I know what I can bring to the table. So I market and I play to that. And I mean, if you understand it, cool. If you don't, you know, that's all right. You know, but that's just how I perceive that, you know, I've been in the industry for 10 years, 12 years. So, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing at this point. All right. So we have a portion of the show and it is called Shameless (laughs) Self-Promotion. And of course, this is where you get to let everybody know, you know, where they can find out about you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. No Days Off Percy. Um, if Facebook, Percy Brown, IMDB, uh, Percy Brown. And the podcast, The Prince of Fresh Air, is available on like 20 platforms. I forget all of them. But <laughs> mostly <laughs> but mostly uh, Amazon, um, Audible, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, I'm available. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to watch the Jubilee videos, just go to Jubilee on YouTube and you'll definitely find my face around, uh, a lot of reaction shots to it. My videos is up. So, uh, I'm, uh, you know, slowly, but surely my, my name is getting out there. So just type in the Prince of Fresh Air on YouTube, uh, on uh, Google and you'll find me. <laughs> there you have it. He is the most charismatic man in entertainment. Percy Brown, the podcast is called The Prince of Fresh Air. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Jim. You have been very great. I'm glad to uh, be on your show. And I'm definitely looking forward to having you on my podcast. I'll be right there, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Be a rebel. Follow the show at Sherpolution on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Well, like if you all know what that sound means. No, it doesn't mean that. Don't don't be disgusting. It's time for Sherpa Samples, and it is a portion of the show where I get to talk about some of the podcasts that I've been checking out. You know, I just do a little sample of all the episodes that are out there, all sorts of shows. Uh, this week's selections are off the podcast charts, some new ones and exciting ones, uh, a lot of different things, as I called it, a podcast potpourri, because it's a really good mix of what I got to check out, and I never really knew what was 
I was doing going from one podcast to the next. So I got into some podcasts that had to do with imaginary worlds and tools. And my chair is squeaking. I'm sorry (laughs) if you hear that. And two of these that are very popular are Welcome to Night Vale and also Hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, it sounds like it's a lot of improvised stuff. Uh, It's about a guy who falls into an imaginary world behind a Burger King parking lot and all of the interesting characters that he may come across. Welcome to Night Vale is also a podcast about uh, stories from an imaginary land. Uh, An unusual kind of humor in there, but I know this is a really popular podcast and people get into it. And maybe you might want to check out some of these just for a little break from reality, I guess. In the true crime podcast category, I listened to a podcast called Park Predators. And the story that I listened to was about the murder of a lady named Sarah Ellis in West Virginia. Really uh, well told. Has a bit of a spooky element to it, but it is definitely an interesting true crime podcast. I also listened to Hidden Brain, and I know I'm going to mispronounce the host's name. I'm going to say Shankar Vadastan. And he he talked in the episode that I listened to about rudeness. How rude! (laughs) But it's really interesting when you can hear these podcasts that talk about the workings of the brain. And it's made simple to the average layperson to get to really learn this stuff. Because, you know, we are complex people. And when you've got podcasts like this that break it down very simply for you, it definitely makes it a worthwhile listen. Two Bears, One Cave uh, is a podcast with two comedians, Tom Segura and Bert Kreisner, who I think have both done separate podcasts, but they're uh, good friends and there's a lot of comical stuff in between them and they talk about whatever and uh, I know that they are also very popular in podcasting as well. In regards to comedy, there's Andrew Schultz's Flagrant with Akesh Singh and uh, the episode that I listened to, he was commenting a lot about uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I know this was a while back, but I tape ahead of schedule, so what What can I say? Uh, it is pretty brutal with the comedy. Uh, it's very sweary, so definitely not family-friendly, and they're not trying to be. So if you like your humor on a little bit on the raunchy side, uh, either Flagrant or Two Bears, One Cave, I'm sure you'll be quite happy with either one of them. The podcast Persona, The French Deception, is hosted by... Evan Radcliffe, and it is the story about a con man called Gilbert Chiquel. My French is terrible, as you can tell. Koresha Please uh, is a hip-hop podcast uh, hosted by a lady uh, known as Young Miami as a rapper. I guess she's a rapper. This is a podcast that is definitely not catered to me. (laughs) But if you're into hip-hop, it's a very popular podcast. And in her debut episode, she interviewed Sean Diddy Combs, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy. I don't know what he's called this week. Diddy, Doody, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. But <laughs> if you like hip hop, just check the show out. It's just that simple. 
and also Smartless, which is hosted by three actors, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. You know all three of them, don't you? They are good friends and they get to talk to a lot of different celebrities and a lot of different subjects uh, that have to do with whatever. And the episode that I listened to, they interviewed Courtney Cox and I got to know a lot about her. And you could tell that she's very comfortable talking with those three guys and she must know them pretty well. And it was an interesting interview. They know how to handle themselves. Definitely an enjoyable show if you're into pop culture or other stuff like that. They, the interaction between the three of them is pretty unique. Uh, they definitely like to pick on each other and they, they definitely have their fun. I also checked out the Dan Bongino show. And Dan Bongino is a former police officer and also a Secret Service agent who guarded former President Barack Obama. Spoiler alert, he's not a fan. <laughs> and uh, his show has definitely has a uh, political bend to it. Uh, a lot of him's just speaking out on political issues. Uh, he has a conservative viewpoint, I guess, to fairly categorize it. You know, he may say a little bit more. I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, he's another guy kind of like Ben Shapiro. They're sort of along the same vein, but not exactly... Uh, Bongino isn't a, a media person. He's just a guy who wants to tell you like it is. So if you enjoy podcasts like that, check out his show. And of course, there were some shows that are high on the charts that I've been listening to for quite some time. And one of them is Behind the Bastards, and that's hosted by Robert Evans. Robert is an author who's written several books, and he has a new one out called After the Revolution. He talks about... Uh, the worst people in history, <laughs> simply put. And he has a lot of guest podcasters who were probably in his little podcast network, Cool Zone Media. Let's see, I give him a plug. You're welcome, Robert. You're welcome. And uh, it's very entertaining. It's very informative. Not one for the kiddies. There's a little bit of a language situation there, but he definitely makes it worth your while uh, because it's historical and it's also on other people. It may have a political viewpoint that you may or may not agree with. Just a fair warning. And also with the language too. But I've been an, actually a listener since the beginning. I enjoy it. So just use your judgment when listening to that one, folks. But I think you... We'll enjoy it. He's definitely an interesting and charismatic podcaster, I, in my opinion, anyway. And also, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Yes, uh, the former late night talk show host has his own podcast, and he gets to talk to a lot of his previous guests for a longer period of time than he normally would have on his podcast. And he does it with his assistant from the TV show, Sona Movsesian, who has the best laugh in podcast here, and Mr. Matt Gorley, who has produced a lot of different podcasts in Podcastia. Always a lot of laughs on the show. They have a lot of fun. It's one of my favorites to listen to every week. Even on Thursdays, he does Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan, where he gets to talk to unique listeners on his show as well. Definitely a fun listen. I like it. Finally, the last show that I checked out, which I think was probably my favorite of all the bunch, was the Bobby Bones show. Now, I don't know if you know who Bobby Bones is. He was on a season of American Idol, for those of you in the U.S. watching that show. He's kind of like, I guess, well, the best way to describe him would probably be like the Ryan Seacrest of, of country music. Uh, the podcast itself is from his radio show. 
So it is radio friendly. It's family friendly. They definitely have a lot of fun on the show. They have some interesting guests. Uh, I was listening to an interview with singer songwriter Keith Urban, and it was really cool to get to know him. And he's a good guest on whatever podcast he appears on. Very fascinating and very funny guy. So there you have it. A podcast potpourri. It's something for everybody there. And I'm sure there's something out of those 10 that you may just enjoy. And if there's a podcast that you would like me to talk about that I haven't mentioned yet, you know what to do. Just message me on social media or even email me at jimthepodcastsherpa at gmail.com and I will check out an episode of whatever podcast you want me to listen to and your name will be mentioned on the show. Yes, that's right. You will be heard by tens and tens of people. I, I don't know. What else will make you day better than that? Who knows? Who knows? But in the meantime, you know what? We step out of the potpourri and go into the outro potpourri. That makes no sense whatsoever. But cue the music. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And thanks to our guest this week, Percy Brown of the Prince of Fresh Air podcast. Keep an eye on him also on the big screen or the little screen. He's kind of hard to miss. He's a big guy with big hair. And he just might be a Marvel villain one of these days. Fingers crossed, Rebels. Fingers crossed. If you're liking the show, please, please, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. Help spread the word of the Sharp Illusion. And speaking of Sharp Illusion, you know what I'm going to say. Follow me on social media, Sharp Illusion, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And by the way, uh, I've been on this new app, well, relatively new app, called Wisdom, and I get to speak, well, you can get to speak too, about podcasting, and I'm usually on there Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, so I don't know where you are in this world. If it works out for you, take a look out for me on that app and hop in and say hello, and if you've got questions about the show itself, or if you have a podcast or there's a podcast you'd like to talk about, that's what we do. You know, even if you don't want to talk about podcasts or even come in my little chat room, there are so many inspirational speakers on this app. And if you're having a bad day, it's great to just listen to these other people too. Some of them are amazing and they've gotten to speak in my room too. And I've gotten to get to know them. Just a whole great group of people that I've gotten to know so far. Check it out. It's absolutely free, of course, as are most of my stuff. And if you're surfing the web, do they still say that? I don't know if they say that anymore. <laughs> check out my website, SharpAllusion.com, and you can check out any episode I have broken down by categories. You can hear my little side projects or even buy, yes, it's true, podcast merchandise. Yay! Well, somebody's got excited about that. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I think that'll do it for me this week, folks. I will see you guys next week. And I believe we will be back with the Sherpa Screening Room. And it's going to be a good one, folks. That's all I got to say. Be sure to check it out. And until then, viva la Sharpolution. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapolition. Viva la Chapolition. <laughs> oh. Yell, come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>